speed run. Do it fast. Butter's bitter, better, 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 better. Welcome to another episode of Let's Rewatch, the show where we watch movies that we loved in our youth and find out if they're still any good. I'm Brett. Holy shit! I'm Sam! Oh my god! I'm just gonna take a deep breath for Brett, and I'm Ash. Brett, and how much I'm cocaine is in your beard? I'm Pat. <laughs> Hold my beard. <laughs> Hold my beard. Well done. Famous last Perfect. words. <laughs> Baby just threw Pat's dice on the floor. Oh no! They're oh, really hard and pointy. Well, maybe. He, what was he rolling to do? Did he yeah. succeed? What was he, is he Did he make the DC? Did he, he roll rolled a crit? for distraction, uh, and the performance check was a crit. Is uh, a natural oh. Yeah. So there wow. we are. Hey guys, Brett. Well, so what's hey. going on? That was a what? land speed record for most words per second. You and uh... <laughs> listen, I'm editing the show, and the listeners will have heard uh, Sam shout, "Do it as fast as possible." Uh, so there you go. That's the. I feel like that's been the theme for the past several. Is that episodes. something Sam shouts a lot? Is you, you guys <laughs> to you? <laughs> burn. <laughs> oh, I don't know on who, but that's a burn. That for is sure. your best, your I'm greatest so burn ever, Ash. I love it. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. Yeah, You're no, welcome. you guys are just like dunking on my, uh, you know, having done this intro for five years, like getting good at it. You're like. Oh, you're so fast. Yeah. Jesus, baby. Uh, so there you go. That's as fast as I could do it. Maybe I'll do it faster next time. I have had a I coffee mean, and a coffee and a tea and a Coke. And a Coke. Wow. I'm proud of you. And, and a microdosing cream, yeah. or whatever. So. I re- <laughs> Wait, I thought that was homeopathy. Oh, no. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. You know, I, we're here. Brett, we're I here saw that tweet it. you did about microdosing and it kind of looks like another. And I. Stop myself. I was like, he's got enough on his plate. I wanted to re- respond. Say, like, would you say that microdosing is a micro don't sing? Oh. But I, I did literally never I didn't want to bother say you. That. No. That was, that, yeah. I know. The, the, the facial expressions. I'm going to pass that one straight back to you. Uh, you can keep it. <laughs> and thank you for not tweeting. <laughs> thank you okay, for not tweeting. Mr. Should be Brett. your new Twitter bio. Brett Eagleston, thank you yes. for not tweeting. <laughs> oh, anyway, okay. uh, the you facial expressions know. our guests is, are giving us through this is pretty great. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to leave them hanging for a bit. No, just kidding. Um, today, we have Wesley Wingo with us. Hello, Wesley. What up? Hey, guys. Hey. How's it going? Good. Wesley's so good. a writer director producer he's directed several short films and he's also a video editor for linkedin news the news team guys yeah Yeah. so yeah we we we, we bleed blue over here you know cool (laughs) that's uh yeah that's three of the five people here are linked linkedinies yeah brett also works for linkedin Mm -hmm. oh damn son yeah there you go we're all I was gonna say, have I seen you around the? Have I seen you around the like the Zoom room? Con- I'm I'm a contractor, uh, and they don't let me in the building. So it's <laughs> oh man, no hard feelings. They don't give you, you the keys tell. to like the the candy closet or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but uh, what Ash or Wesley? What are you, what movie are we watching? Wait, wait, no, oh, so, whoa, hold on. Oh, whoa. blah blah. Okay, I sorry, to talk it's about, been a minute. Yes, well, it, we we didn't <clears throat> get to talk enough about our guest. I want to say I watched the, the 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 movie and it was it was very entertaining. The uh, the uh, furry one. Oh boy, <laughs> uh, fuck bunny. Yeah, yeah, fuck bunny was uh, one of my recent shorts. Yeah, thank <laughs> you for watching. Yeah. Yes, that's what it's called, Pat. I know I, you're I'm feel honored. <laughs> yeah, no, was, I love that good. too. I didn't get to watch so this. Good. I'm I'm in a oh, cave. We, I'm we're sorry. gonna go watch it after. Okay, it's it's more wholesome than it sounds. Okay, it was yes. it was surprisingly I'd say on cute. surface level. That that's <laughs> yeah. okay. When I showed my senior film, one of the the co movies was called Incest the Musical. So there you, you know, go. also yeah. way more wholesome than it sounds. I'm sure. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Was it? Uh, anyway, yeah. No, if it's, you it's... get a chance, check out Fuck Bunny on sixshortfilms.com. There's several on there that you directed and or wrote or produced. Yeah, and you know what I was just thinking about, and I brought this up the other day because I was um, checking out a couple episodes of y'all's podcast before coming on because oh, I didn't really? want to walk in like completely blind. Uh, is that? <laughs> Uh, Wise choice. Your Wise former choice. G- <laughs> well, yeah, sometimes you know, sometimes it might give you the edge, but most of the time, uh, I, I uh, noticed that you had done an episode with a Mr. Nicholas Tukoski, uh mm-hmm. in years past, and if if you saw he he was not in any of those shorts that Ash is referring to now. But he and I made a, a bunch of stuff together um, back in the college days. So Nick was like my that's my leading my leading guy in like a number of shorts that we worked on together. So then when I, so I heard awesome. that you guys were all kind of connected via I'm I'm from Atlanta originally uh, as well, and so we kind of knew each other coming up. And then when I I heard that you guys were all sort of linked up, I think via Pat's. Yeah, space trip. Yeah, Pat's yeah. He, yeah, yeah. He was the narrator for the first uh, audiobook. Got it. Yeah, he does. He he's definitely done some work like that, and a lot of it is like, uh, well, I I don't know much about space tripping, but I'd say like some of it is like hornier than you would expect. Uh, <laughs> Nick's work, but again, I, I don't know uh, about space tripping. Oh, so. what Nick does mostly, yes, he talked about that. How yeah, he yeah. does a Wait. lot of yeah. Nick does a lot of recording narration for erotic books, but right. under mm-hmm. a different name, not his real name. And he refuses to tell anyone. Yeah, he won't tell us what it is. Do you know yeah. what it is? Yeah. Do you know what it is? Tell us what it is. You guys, we're gonna we're gonna. I'm have texting to him right now and saying off I'm off the uh, record. This, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like you know he's gonna start texting me shortly. So like, well, let's just get this yeah, text yeah. chain going now. Yeah. <laughs> Brett, this is where you play an editing joke and we say the name, but you beep it out uh, so he doesn't yes. know if we know or not. Just yeah, like you know, last episode when you beeped out. I, well, that that sounds that just sounds like tasteful decision making. But uh, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna beep I, it I out again. <laughs> it's okay if it's not your place. I'm, I yeah. am teasing. I'm, I am. I'm having some fun with him right now. Oh, he's saying I'm making you tell us. But his erotic pen name is actually. So this actually works out really, <laughs> oh, really well. You can just yeah. bleep that right out. Hold on. Just bleep it all out. No, I don't think I don't, you, know right, you should write a code I don't, I don't that just I, recognizes that. I don't think it. I actually know it. And then on top of it, you know, he's got a kid now. You guys, we gotta, we gotta mm-hmm. keep this. We gotta keep this, keep this uh, G-rated. You know. <laughs> I don't think you listened to our show. <laughs> I didn't listen to enough of it. Yeah. I feel like I need to write an erotic novel just so that I can flex on my kids with that. Are you gonna call it how you were made? <laughs> Goodness, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
There's I a line answered. of dialogue from Sam, and she says, "Do it fast." Oh, God, <laughs> God. I've got the perfect uh, piece of medium because I always joke that I'll say one of people I've had the question, "When do you feel like you're like made it or successful as a writer?" I'll say, "When erotic fan fiction of my stuff starts popping up, <laughs> and then I'll feel like I've made it." So That's is there you know. space tripping erotic fan not, fiction? Not yet? that I'm aware oh. of, not yet. And if we you're out there, you know. let me know. That's an excellent we writer. Could, I mean, if he could make his own erotic fan fiction of Joining Call, I'm sure if that is so on Twitter brand is for him. Basically, an erotic novel. Yes, it is. I mean, but this movie. Yeah, speaking of the life of the mind. <laughs> yeah, uh, wait, speaking of erotic thrillers, <laughs> I'm sure this. <laughs> So like, it depends yeah, on what you're into. There's a, there's a fair segue. here. There's a fair bit here for people. I, I feel Ooh. like this is, yeah. this is our first successful so, segue. <laughs> <laughs> so Wesley, you brought us this film. Why did you choose Barton Fink? Before I get into all the details, like what? Why did it resonate with you, guys? I went through so many. I went through so many lists. <laughs> I was in the 80s just trying to find something that fit this criteria. You guys' criteria is very, um, very specific, which uh, is very helpful. But yeah, this was what, like the seventh film that I threw out? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so by process of elimination, we wound up uh, with Barton Fink, the 1991 Coen Brothers uh, tour mm-hmm. de force. Uh, you know, in terms of how I sort of landed on it, um, it showed up in in a list of um, films from the '90s that I just happened to be on at the time, and it was the first one that it was just I, in the BuzzFeed list. Yeah, the, it was, yeah. You know, know. Here's the thing. I yeah, I just you know you know those games that you play on your phone, you put on your forehead, yeah. spin it around, <laughs> and then this is the one that came out. Um, no, I you know I I've always been a big fan of uh, the Coen Brothers as are many, I think, people who make films and, and write uh, screenplays. But then beyond that, um, just, you know, audiences in general, they're, they're, you know, widely considered to be fucking geniuses and such. Um, but, you know, this was one that I actually did see. Um, the last time I think I saw it was in, like, high school. So mm. this, this, was, this was far enough back that I really actually don't think I remember... I, I do remember the broad strokes. I remember generally uh, feeling like I liked it. And I also remember throughout like college feeling like I was working on a lot of projects that I feel like were taking cues from it. Um, mm-hmm. And and I, I remember thinking of it, it was like, oh, such an artsy fucking movie and kind of cool. And like, oh, these guys are so smart and this screenplay is so smart. Um, but I actually don't. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to hold up. I think it will. Uh, but I honestly That's am not perfect. sure. Yeah. yeah so that that was the first one that I felt like fit the criteria a bit for, yeah. for kind of where what y'all were after, um, hopefully. Uh, yeah. We love yeah. ambiguity. Uh, we want, yeah. you know, and I'm, I'm excited personally because actually this is one of the Coen Brothers films I've not seen ever. Me too. I haven't and, seen this one. Yeah. But I like the, even with that, it's one of the ones I feel like that isn't, if you if we did something like Big Lebowski, that's just everyone knows that everyone's seen it, everyone still likes it. I like that we're doing. It's definitely one of the earlier ones. I was curious. I looked up. It's the the, the fourth. fourth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's not. Pat, are you hosting? Or no, I just okay. was curious. All I looked up was what their filmography was. I was just curious. Yeah. No, no. I've only had like half a beer, so you guys are gonna have to keep keep just you know uh, yeah, yeah. keep me keep me on point here. But the thing I was 
the thing about it is I, I it was kind of early um and it is weird it I, I remember I remember it being really slow uh and then not slow at all um but it because it was so early I mean they were already like established I actually think it it won like everything it can the year it came out or it mm-hmm. like swept yeah. all the awards it was up for or something like that. It won um, all three major awards, best director, best actor and Palme d'Or. Yeah. Wow. But you know, there were, there were yeah. fewer films back in the day. You know what I mean? Like everybody's got a movie now. Nobody had movies then. So I feel like, you know, nobody. like it, no, nobody, nobody had any movies nobody to watch. Made so movies. yeah, we got digital cameras now, you, you know, it's, it's a different landscape, but uh, yeah, yeah it, it did really well when it came out, but I, I don't think it's, yeah, to, to your point, like the big Lebowski or raising Arizona, like raising Arizona, like came to my mind, but I also was like, mm. I remember it really well. I've seen it, you know, within like a few years ago, like it's just a, a bigger, more well-known thing. Okay, so the movie we are watching, as we already said, is Barton Fink. It did come out in 1991, August 25th, to be exact, if anybody was interested. And um, it is directed by the Coen brothers, their fourth feature film. But the interesting part is that Ethan Coen is uncredited for directing this movie. Interesting. Um, now, just to, to clarify, these are the same Coen brothers that did the Garfield movie, right? What? They <laughs> were uncredited the on that. <laughs> I think they were also uncredited similarly, but <laughs> they, they did the bulk of the heavy lifting. <laughs> definitely, uh, definitely, oh. yeah. Yeah. Wait, for real? <laughs> Ethan Cohen, but different. Uh, um, no. Hold on, isn't that the story that yeah. That's how Bill Murray did it. He thought it was these Cohen brothers, yes. but it was someone else oh, with the name Cohen. Oh, interesting. Ethan Cohen. It was the same. The same it was another Ethan Cohen. Yeah. Oh, that's the, so great. The Cohen brothers have also made lasagna a big part of their uh, pantheon, though. Like their 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 body of work. So I, I could see how anybody would be confused. <laughs> they always have it on set for one of the meals. You know, mm. you got to have a hot meal for dinner. Yeah. Uh this movie is also written by Joe and Ethan Cohen. Um and the cast, guys, man, the cast. Uh so first up we have John Turturro, who you'll know from other Cohen Brothers movies like Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And also, I don't know if anybody here is watching Severance, the new Apple TV show, no. but mm-hmm. My God, it's so good, and he's in that as well. Um, yep. We we also have John Goodman from mm-hmm. you know everything. Um, <laughs> uh, Judy David, Michael Lerner, uh, John Mahoney. No, I totally Mahoney? totally said that wrong. You know Mahoney. how to do that. I knew one. I was gonna <laughs> fuck that one up. <laughs> I knew it. Uh, Tony Shalhoub, who's always amazing, and Steve Buscemi. So, yeah, like everyone from every Coen Brothers movie, but the mm-hmm. but the configuration is a little different, right? Like mm-hmm. you don't mm-hmm. see John Turturro as kind of like a leading man that often. Uh, and then actually, I've been watching a lot of um, the Righteous Gemstones lately, and so, so oh. good. It, it's so I want to see that. It's so good. Um, Watch really, it. Really it's funny. Phenomenal. When I watched the uh, trailer for this and John Goodman popped up, you know, 1991, John Goodman ha- having been watched The Righteous Gemstone, I was like, oh, oh, God, it's just like a different person altogether. I, I remember him. I remember <laughs> right? this guy. Well, yeah. I was looking him up on IMDb and IMDb is like, John Goodman, known for 10 Cloverfield Lane. And I was like, whoa, 
okay, yes, but like also what? Like that's there is there a whole generation of people that just know John Goodman from Ten Cloverfield Lane, they, and yes. that feels really weird. They, that's weird. IMDb yeah. needs it, they feel the need to make references about actors for the generation of people who use apps. You know, like mm. my dad's not on IMD, ID, IMDb. Well, goodness. I might blow your mind a little bit, but uh, if you pay for IMDb Pro, you can select which movies are there in the known for. So it's really? possible that John Goodman himself selected them or his agent <laughs> selected those mm-hmm. movies. So. I mean, he was really good in that. So He was. Yeah, he was. This They're like, hey, the, remember this? I'm still por- relevant. <laughs> uh, this is also the portion of the show where we've come to the IMDb branded content uh, section. Did you know that if you pay yeah. just a certain amount of money, yeah. they'll actually... Yeah, if yeah. only, if only IMDb, come sponsor us. But I mean, of- you don't even know, Wesley. We have a whole section, a whole yeah. bit called LiamDB that we will do later. <laughs> so if you're on the page for this, Wesley, if you need to get off, close the browser. Yeah, no. close the browser. Because oh, we no, have games no. and stuff. No cheating, no cheating. Oh, and I'm terrible at all that stuff too. Like I'm literally like the last person yeah. but, uh, yeah, you- to know who anybody, <laughs> like anybody's name. Uh, so I do love it. You might I like when filmmakers that. use like the actors. Last name. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, I, I find that charming and fun. Like it's like a troupe, right? Yeah. Where like Coen Brothers use a lot of the same performers. Wes Anderson. Um, yeah, the Coen Anderson. Brothers are basically like the Adam uh, Sandler of, you know, Whoa. cinema. Uh, cinema. <laughs> okay. Did you watch Uncut? <laughs> Adam Sandler can make cinema. <laughs> Not to be confused with the Adam Sandler of the emoji yeah. cinema universe, cinematic universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Adam Sandler can make cinema. I mean, did you watch Uncut Jams? Well, Are you okay. Safty's muse. I, you, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna participate in any Adam Sandler bashing, y'all. That's 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 just. <laughs> that's where that's you where, draw the line. We're, we're, yeah, we're, we got to back it up the tracks as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> uh, that's where I draw the line exactly. No, but I just find that I, I just find that personally very charming. Like, so he said, like Wes Anderson, the Coen Brothers, Christopher Guest, uh, like Best in Show, Waiting for Guffman, mm, those mm-hmm. movies. Uh, and he, they're very consistent. His movies, it's, uh, it's Ash like the, I think she also yes. uses the same people. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Um, so I have some trivia facts for you guys. To be honest, there wasn't like a ton of really interesting ones about this movie, which was a disappointment. But um, as you've already spoiled my first one, it won the three major awards at Cannes. <laughs> Um, Jesus, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the few I had. Um, I think Brett will appreciate this one, maybe. But Charlie Kaufman has said that this is one of his favorite films. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> so, no. Okay. Oh, oh, no. And, and I bet it's his one of his favorite films for all of the wrong reasons. But okay, we'll talk there about you it go. Later. I had to throw that out um, because when we were texting about this film, Wesley, Brett said... I will happily do this film, but I'm pretty sure I will be the only person who will like it and the rest of you will hate it. Now, this is revolutionary because normally Brett hates the movie and we all like it. So we had to do it for that reason. I don't know where this bit comes from. I feel like I like most of the movies that we watch. You just just keep (laughs) saying I hate everything. No, me, me and Brett got a we got a radar love kind of thing going. We yeah. don't need no text text each other. Like we got our own we got our own. There sort you of go. Here. Wait, so Brett, you've uh, you have seen this film, or you've also not seen this film? I have this seen movie. this film. Okay, uh, okay. And if it wasn't clear, I ha- I I I don't like Charlie Kaufman, but we can we can talk about that later. 
<laughs> I think we we got it from the unconditional loathing coming from your voice. So don't worry. Again, unconditional I loathing. That's a great movie name. Let's yeah. write the script. You guys, I would never be on a podcast where uh, Adam Sandler doesn't get lauded for the hero that he is, and Charlie Kaufman <laughs> doesn't get bashed in the head uh, over and over again for the just travesties that he's rolling out year after year. So, well, welcome to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um. So another cool fact is Barton Fink is based on a real life screenwriter named Clifford Odette. Uh, Odette's who wrote films in the 1950s. So I thought that was really, yeah. I what that was kind of cool. Parts of like what I want to know. Just how? Well, yeah. Now I gotta. I I want to Google that after we watch it, baby. Oh my god. Yes, I am slightly confused because on the trivia facts page for Barton Fink, it says Barton Fink was an avatar. <laughs> of Clifford Odets, which I don't like understand what that tail? means. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, what does it. that mean? You beat me too. Yeah. But if you go to Clifford Odets' page, it, the trivia says Barton Fink is based on him. So I'm like, I don't know what you mean by Avatar, but I'm just going to... could gonna... be true. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I want to know what, because there's some of this stuff where I feel like, I don't know, I guess it all could be based on them, but I feel like some of this stuff is like, what where does it cross into what the Coens wrote versus the way mm-hmm. I don't I've not seen this movie and I don't know Clifford Odets, but just the way I, I could the way Ashley originally said the you read off the trivia, I took it as the character the character is based on him. Not necessarily the right. events of the movie, but right. the, no, no, the no, look, just... the personality of this character is based yes. on him. I don't I think not... that that's true. Yeah. That's that um, sounds right. And I, I think given <clears throat> It does take place in sort of a, a historical context that I do remember that I think could easily be ported to this sort of like fictionalized version of it. But I also feel like um, I, I just given the, the you know, it's a movie about people making movies. So we get to go in the meta. So that everybody loves that. People I'm love movie excited. makers talking about themselves. Um, I, th- I think it's also the, the, the main thrust of the plot is, is about a, a writer with writer's block and they were putting the screenplay together while they were doing that. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm full of skepsis. And they did have <laughs> writer's block, right? They had writer's yeah. block while writing a different screenplay. And so they were writing this one. I think that's um, right. Yeah, that sounds I mean, that sounds like that this would be the outcome of that for sure. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of like, ooh, I'm a writer in the script, you know, wink, wink, nod, That's kind of what I'm worried about, actually, if I'm being honest with you, because <laughs> like, again, uh, watching this at a time in my life where I feel like I was like first falling in love with like, I'm going to do this. I'm, this is the mm-hmm. kind of stuff I'm going to do. You immediately are like, well, yeah, you probably loved it, you fucking narcissistic <laughs> asshole, because you just think that, that that's, you know, like you, yeah, you yeah. like shit that you think will be about you or something. But <laughs> I, so I'm I'm a little now... You know what? Uh, Fifteen years down the down the road here, I'm a little worried that like the, the cynical, jaded nature of, uh, uh, of 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 my life and my of my the real life of filmmaking <laughs> that this is going to hit like just a little too on the nose or whatever. Like, but yeah, I remember oh, it being really funny. Is so unkind to everyone in in the industry. Yeah. Yeah, mm, I, I wonder if it's like in an obvious way, though, or like if it if it's going to feel like I remember it being like really funny, like kind of savagely kind of just like me, like sort of scathing of everyone. Uh, yeah, very much. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So there's also a lot of William Faulkner references in this film, and the character W.P. Mayhew is based on him as well. So I don't know any Faulkner, so I couldn't tell you what the references are. But if you do, good on you. Yeah, um, yeah, we don't, don't we don't read. read. I, I haven't read anything <laughs> yeah, in like seven years, podcast. so I don't I don't know. <laughs> this is, this is yeah. filmmakers chat. That no yeah. one, no yeah. one reads. I don't read books. I'm just kidding. Oh, dare you. Mm. oh, bad! I'm so sorry. No, but I'm also convinced that it comes to the Faulkner. No one's actually ever read his books in like 30 years. But right? people who want to seem like super intellectual uh, author writer types will just memorize quotes from a few of his books. They and just then go be to like, Spark as Monkey. Faulkner said. Yes. So it, Spark Monkey. Sorry. It probably bodes well that my first thought was that Faulkner was a composer and not a writer. <laughs> that's, oh, yeah. that's a good Faulkner. sign. Yeah. yeah. A composer of words. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I think to y'all's point too. What it says on my business card. <laughs> it sounds like you could also do a podcast about all the Faulkner books we read when we were in ninth grade and don't remember, uh, see if they hold up, you know, to the high standard that we had, you know, in late yeah. ninth grade, we held them in, in high esteem. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That sounds like a lot of work for a podcast. <laughs> I didn't know the Faulkner references were in there, but that uh, again is setting off like more alarm bells for me that I'm like, yeah. Oh boy. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. We oh might, boy. we might be at a slight disadvantage because we grew up in the no child left behind era, which meant we got to read anthologies instead of actual mm. novels. Well, and then. I mean, I was raised illiterate, uh, and th- I've told. Have I told this story I was on the, illiterate? On the, what? Uh, the, this the, is the news to me. Before. Married fifteen years. Have I told the story about my freshman year of high school and that weirdo English teacher who was like, "Our, uh, our educational system was developed by Nazis in Germany, and I'm not going to force oh, no. you guys to read if you don't want to read. Let's devote as a class. Are we going to read any of the books in the curriculum? And of course, everyone was like, nah. And so we didn't do any work in his class for the whole year, and that was by design. Uh, so I didn't. I didn't read books in high school. Oh man, maybe the Nazis what? had something going there. No, edit that out. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> edit no, it out. That's, no. Yeah. That's definitely. Maybe, yeah. maybe the, the <laughs> had like <laughs> the some some good thing, ideas too. after all. Yeah. yeah. Uh, get no, get wait, a bunch of high school kids out of their classwork. Wait, we don't we don't support the Nazis on this show. Just kidding. Goodness. <laughs> Too it's hard far. to say who, who even wow. knows anymore. You guys, okay. who even fucking knows in this this whole section? Just. We only support the um, f***sies. The goodness. No. <laughs> you know, Brett, you what? tell me time and time again that we don't do live shows. And I'm always like, but why? You're, and you say, because we say dumb shit. And this is the one time where I'm like, well, there's the example. Listen. The <laughs> one time? The, if you think, oh and it's you. If you think the very unsubtle, what about all the good things the Nazis did is the most worst thing we've ever said on the show. Let me tell you. You don't see what I cut out, man. <laughs> I I actually think I listen. I honestly, and I know a couple of you haven't seen the film. I think I think this is going to have to stay in. I think there's some foreshadowing for oh no some interesting no. Uh, some interesting themes in the film. Uh, so I think I think it, it. I mean, I'm not the editor, but I think it has to stay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've certainly talked well, about anyway. it. Well, anyway, um, yeah. Um, <laughs> Natural editing segue. 
Yeah. <laughs> so another fun fact is uh, oh. the Coen brothers' former cinematographer. Cinematographer. I would love a cinematographer for dessert. I can speak, I swear. Barry Sonnefeld was unable to shoot this film because he was directing The Addams Family. So Roger Dinkins shot this movie. Roger Dinkins? Really? What? Yeah. Uh-huh. It was yeah, it was their first together, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, first time working together. Oh, well, that explains what that explains the look. I'm still I'm still picturing cookies shaped like cameras that are cinnamon <laughs> like <Girl> flavored. Scout. Yes, <laughs> Girl cinnamon photographers. Cinnamon photographer. I'm read mm. real good, guys. Um, you could tell me that that's a Girl Scout. Like they got so many Girl Scout cookies now. Like you could tell me that that's one, and I would be like, I, actually, sure. that sounds yeah. legit. Mm-hmm. There are a bunch I, I don't recognize. Four boxes from Pat's <laughs> daughter. I mean, uh, we Bruce might be Campbell, onto something. Yeah. Bruce Campbell unsuccessfully auditioned for a oh. cameo role in this film, which is ironic because... Wait, you have to audition he, for cameos? Right, I was going to say. I, I don't, that's what I'm just, saying is I don't understand how that works. I always just assumed cameo, but implies they asked you to do it. Like, right? Yeah. Uh, and then sad. my last it is sad. <laughs> that Poor puts a sad twist on the whole cameo industry. Like it's just a bunch <laughs> of thirsty actors like can I can I just walk by please? <laughs> I mean, probably. Uh and then according to Roger Dinkins, the Cohen brothers are so precise in their planning that there's only about 10 shots they filmed that didn't end up in the finished movie. Which I think is pretty freaking cool. Wow. Yeah. Talk that about is interesting. Yeah. Really being uh economical with your shooting ratios now, and everything. Sam stepped away for just a second, but but we watched this in college. And mm-hmm. I feel like her response to that would have been uh well that explains a lot. Because I remember her complaining about how long <laughs> this movie felt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's really slow. I, you know, I, I, I remember it being really slow. So we're we're gonna see. Like it's you know it's, it's a Monday night. It's kind of kind of the evening. We're gonna see how this like. I just wanted to get everybody on a good you know like glide path towards bed. It does not yeah. end that way to my memory, but um, that is interesting. So one thing that that's interesting. I didn't know that fact about the film, but I I think so. Like in film school. Which in general, I would say, like, avoid spending the money that you need to spend to go to film school. But that's me saying it as someone who did it and spent the money. Um, One of the, like, actual really useful things that um, we did, which, again, not worth four years of tuition, but, like, one really helpful exercise was um, our sophomore year, we shot a bunch of films on 16 millimeter uh, uh, on the old, like, RESs from, like, the 60s. -hmm. And they Mm -hmm. had us physically cut them together. Um, and at the wow, time, you had to cut the, the film, like yeah, the, with, with wow. like an old school like Steenbeck splicer and this sort of thing. Um, wow. and we did 20 in a semester because film's gonna be around forever, <laughs> yeah. We did 20 of these short films in a semester, and the thing was, you, you, because you only had so much um physical film. footage of film, you would plan out your shots and and like mostly shoot in order because you didn't like to undo a cut and like go back and put one like earlier in the movie was like a 20 minute pain in the ass. Cause you don't know how to mm. use all that stuff. And so, but I, it was actually like a really useful exercise for, uh, you know, what I do today, which is, you know, we'll, 
as you guys know, we have like, you know, three terabytes of digital, uh, you know, digital cinema, take after take after take. Oh, let's just shoot for three hours and we'll find it in the edit. Mm -hmm. Uh, what we're doing right now, (laughs) for instance, but yeah, it's, it's, that's interesting. It's definitely like from another time, that like way of thinking. Yeah. You really had to like, think about it and plan it out and be economical and like, like, I don't feel like shooting ratio is a thing you ever hear filmmakers talk about anymore, but it used to be like, okay, we only have so many feet of film, so it's the ratio of how many takes you can take per shot, and if you don't get it in, you know, four takes, if that's your ratio, then you're, you have to either move on or decide to get less takes for another shot, you know, like, uh, you had to really do some math. Yeah, nowadays Which, it's just like I can buy it. Yeah, ten terabyte hard drive for a hundred dollars. Like, mm-hmm. keep rolling. <laughs> yeah, or like the parasite director who's like, you know, I like the performance from this actor in this take and this actor in this take, so I'm going to digitally stitch them together. <laughs> Crazy. They did that. I didn't hear that. Wow. That's, yes, there how is. Feel about that. Special effects work on almost every single shot in that movie because he would take the performance from one actor in a, in a take and then the performance from another actor and stitch well, them together. Well, now they have that, that AI that can like just replace a whole like emotion. So like, mm. like the way you said it was great, but the face didn't work and they like facetune in digitally. It's, it's yeah. wild. Facetune. <laughs> I was going to say fun fact, actually all the actors in Parasite were actually replaced by Andy Serkis in post. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's just smog, you know, smog. Yeah, yeah. He's done it again. <laughs> he has such emotional range, though. Such depth in his performance. I mean, it's impressive. I know. Uh, it's particularly a whole other culture. It's a whole other thing. He really went the distance on that, you know? Yeah. To answer your question, Pat, I'm not sure how, as a director, I feel about that. Because mm-hmm. part of me is like, wow, what a brilliant idea. Like, I've never thought about doing that. And another part of me is like, that feels like you're cheating. Does it feel like, like, I, I could see that. I can see both arguments. It's like, yeah. well, you, the actors actually did do the performance, but also part but, of like, but the art of it is you get it all together like a composer. Like, a, like I, I could see that. Like, mm-hmm. I could see that argument. For me, like, the reference I was going to make is it feels a little Tupac hologram at Coachella, right? It's like mm-hmm. not real, mm-hmm. like, but it's, but I could, I could see both arguments. Yeah. Yeah, I can yeah. see both as well. Which, real quick, side note, I just, I'm just going to save your mentions here, Wesley. Nobody tweeted Wesley, leave him alone. It was Benedict Cumberbatch. P- Batch was smog in the movies. Really? That's, yeah. Uh, Andy oh, Serkis is Gollum. Andy Serkis right, is right, Gollum. Right. He's in those oh, movies. That's, that's, He's yes. Gollum, Smeagol. You know what? Little but did you guys know, leave this, leave this kind, delightful man alone, listeners. Do not. Do not. Do not him. invoke just, the internet nerds, Wesley. Benedict Cumberbatch is actually just an avatar of Andy Serkis, though. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was going to say two things. One, you're going to have a hard time getting at me on Twitter. One. Two. Oh. Uh, so no worries there. And then two. Um, yeah. Yeah. You're I guess Twitter, you're right. What's that like? That uh, seems nice. You're freeing. You it know what? Freeing. It's a funny story, actually. So, like, I, I had a friend convince me to use it, like, at one point in, like, 2000 and I don't know, like like 10 or something like or I don't even know how long Twitter's been around. I guess it was like while I was in college and I like tried posting mm-hmm. things for like a week and then mm-hmm. I, I I promptly like completely forgot about it. And I went on it recently uh, to look 
and I and looked at about famous? six six okay. months of my yeah. Anyway, long story short, uh, you know, I'm I'm self made. Uh, <laughs> no, but I I was so physically embarrassed for myself. Oh, um, no. in just the, those like three months, like physically revolted, not revolted, but you know, like just yes shamed well yeah. and truly shamed that i i took it private immediately uh and i don't know how you can do it i don't know how you can do it for years at a time like just that feeling of coming back oh uh, anyway I, I mean listen to each their own but like i i couldn't do it i'm a coward <laughs> well the thing is is you just keep doing so much of it is that all the garbage just gets like covered by more garbage that mm. you keep tweeting so it's just a constant stream of tweet so, so it's garbage. like the uh, Manhattan approach. Uh, yeah. You know, you just you just mm-hmm. keep putting shit on top of it. Sooner yeah, yeah. or later, it'll either sink into the ocean, or it'll be worth uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it'll it'll be worth all all the money in the world. I mean, that's exactly. certainly the uh, uh, it's the what, what what did I call it the other day? I said almost exactly the same thing. I was like, it's the Donald Trump approach. Like, if one if you said just one of the things you everyone would hate you but if you just keep going and like dig deeper Mm. say worse things every day all the time like no one can point at the one thing that makes you an asshole and so no one can complain it's almost like improv right (laughs) yeah (laughs) asshole improv just keep going. Yes. Wait, Anne. that sounds like something else that I don't want. To be part of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sounds like, anyway. as a matter of fact, I'm buying a domain name right <laughs> now. <laughs> Million dollar idea. Speaking of money, you guys would have played the money game. Goodness, yeah. Yeah. that's crazy. Sam this just appeared. The latest magically. into the the pre-show right. that we've ever sprung the money game. Let's go. Sorry. Let's do this. Well, maybe I'm we didn't have a child melting down. Yo, oh my god, I'm nuts. so sorry. I'm going I'm already sorry, ready for guys. this. I'm going right all in. All right, all right. Money game. So first up, so Wesley, this is what we do. We are going to guess. You guys are going to guess the budget, the opening weekend, and the worldwide gross, but we'll do them one at a time, so don't worry. So first Jesus. up is what is the budget for this film? Anybody have any guesses? When what year? It's their first. Nineteen ninety-one. It's their fourth. fourth feature film. And what their other ones were raising Arizona, so twenty-five uh, million dollars. That, that had happened yet. No. Okay. Uh, oh wait, yes, it had. Sorry. Okay. Blood Simple, Raising Arizona, Miller's Crossing, and then Barton Fink. Hmm. Eight million dollars. Uh, Eight million dollars. All right. I'm gonna guess thirty-seven. Okay. Million. $37. Million? Billion. No, million. Oh, okay. $37 <laughs> like, is- flat. <laughs> no, $37 million. Okay. Uh, is this like a Price is Right rule? Like, can I say no, a dollar? Closest. Okay, it's, so it's, it's just closest. actual closest. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with $13 million. Oh. Okay. Well, I said 25 to start it off with. There. Oh, did you? Yeah. Sorry. No worries. Well, ding, 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 Pat's the winner. Nine million dollars, guys. Wow. Yeah. Which is not a lot of money. (laughs) Um, (laughs) All right. Opening weekend. Any guesses with the opening weekend U.S. and Canada? This movie is weird as fuck. I don't think it made a lot of money opening weekend. I'm going to say like 500,000. 500,000. All right. I don't know. Shot in the dark. That doesn't feel like enough, but I feel like they probably like. I feel like they probably made like their money back opening weekend. 
opening weekend they money made their back? money back? You think? What? It's, no, I don't made, know. So. Like I'm going to say $4 million. They made half four, their money, half their money back. Okay. All right. Or yeah, the way Ash said that, I know I'm wrong, but I guess I said it now. <laughs> so I'm I'm gonna go five to get over. How dare closer. you? I yeah, I well no, you know John John Goodman is the you know he's the money maker you know and he That's shakes fair it. Point. In this he's fair really point. good in this. So I you know I feel like people already kind of were knowing who he was. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, apparently he didn't shake it enough. One dollar. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah, one dollar. No, Sam is the closest. This movie, guys, only made $268,561. Wow. I overshot it by like 50%. Holy uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty bad. See, weird as fuck, but, guys. Well, yeah. See, okay, but All this right. is like too early in my life to know like the history of the Calm Brothers. Because like this My being life. Their, their fourth <laughs> film, no, that's good. I like that. <laughs> I, Ash, dang it, Ash! I thought it, and I kept it in. I kept it on the inside. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't control myself. But oh, like, so, so did all, did the Coen Brothers become like? I don't want to say really popular because I don't think they're even really popular today. But like critically acclaimed, did they become like yes? profitably popular as like a cult following later or because uh, this if this because Aries in Arizona well, don't they people won, love that? again they like, won all three major awards at the Cannes at Film Cannes. Festival yeah I mean but, yeah. you know Americans are probably yeah. like no one, what the French think no one gives a fuck about France <laughs> oh my god <laughs> careful Brand is racist I mean, I mean, against France so well, well, here we you go gotta, you gotta factor in inflation y'all I mean that's I mean that's it's true. out of control. Goddamn Joe Biden. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Thanks, you know, <laughs> at, at the time, you know, uh, that was no. It's still it's fucking no money. I mean that. Yeah. I, it's, no. Listen, we're gonna watch this. I don't. I don't think we'll be like splitting hairs about like. Well, French people maybe like Americans wouldn't. I think we're gonna be like. Well, that was slow as fuck. I don't know that I would pay like four dollars to go see that in the theater, <laughs> whatever it was at the time. I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see. Wait, uh, did everybody? Guess gross worldwide? No, no. not yet. No, nobody. I, I don't think I've got to make one terrible oh. pun because Wes okay. will remember it. Would, Do you, it. would you say this movie is a slow burn? Mm. Mm. I, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, I guess I kind of have to now, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, back to the uh, money. Game. The worldwide. <sighs> okay, so I feel like there's a limited number of times that you can turn. A, a number of dollars into a one twentieth of the number of dollars and still get to make movies. So okay. it had to have like at least not been a terrible loss by the end of the day. That's my guess is probably I, I always go double. Like if, if, if it's a movie that I remember pe- liking, it probably made its money back. And then again, worldwide, there's a lot of countries, but maybe it didn't get a lot of release. I don't know. I'm going to say double though. We're going to say 18. Worldwide, there's a lot of countries. Mm. Brent I'm going to say it limped <laughs> across getting its... I'm going to say 10. It limped across getting its money back, just barely. Oh, but, okay. I, but now I am curious, and I might later go on the Wikipedia. I'm just really curious what the financials are of all their... I'm really curious. because like, yeah, they're, they're, they're so like... so. It's so fucking weird, some of them, and obscure. So, yeah. Sam, I'm gonna guess twelve. Twelve million. Okay, 
I'm going to go with five again. I don't think it, I don't think it made that much uh, opening well, weekend. Congratulations, Wesley, because yeah. this movie only made six million some ooh, odd ooh. dollars. Whoa. <laughs> they did not make their money back. It's weird, um, guys. This movie is weird. I, it's I mean, a little, it's a little art film that like it's college kids inspired. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't think it's like you know, like yeah. maybe over time it'll make it up. But you know, I it's think just not. Yeah. What helps though, actually, that could be one of those things where if you're a studio, you could you could spin it right. I'm gonna put my like soulless ex- suit executive hat on real quick and, and, and mm. think like because you know it looks executives so always good. wear hats. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I could see them being like. $3 million is worth it to get like the prestige of like all these can awards and be like, yeah, we're, we're that studio that has, has won these awards. Cause mm. what's 3 million to them right now? If it had taken, if it had like, it lost like 20 million, 30 million, it's like, oof, I don't know if you guys are going to make another movie in this town, but I can see it that. was three nominated mi- for three Oscars also. Yeah. So I could see it's like, yeah, but that, probably I feel spend like that, that says you know, more about the Oscars. Like, well, no, I'm saying to the, they probably spend more than $3 million on an Oscar campaign for mm-hmm. a movie they're trying to push. Yeah, so exactly. It's like, they've kind of always been uh, like award loss leader kind of kind of deals uh, mm-hmm. until like later in their career. I feel like when they were like known as like the Coen brothers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Well, uh, I would I would play Absurd Cloud, but... Absurd Cloud. It's pretty... They're pretty on the nose this time. So I feel like we just give it, unless you guys All want right. to play Absurd I'm, Cloud. I'm almost positive that the Absurd Cloud is going to have spoiler tags in it. It Ooh, does yeah. not. You don't, want, you don't want those It does this. not have spoilers. It's just very, like, ob- they're very obvious. I have no idea. But yeah, we All right, well, you want to play Absurd Cloud? I think I hear the Techno Viking. All right, so Absurd Cloud, Wesley is, uh, IMDb does this thing. Where it shows like the top, the top things that people search for when they search like for this keywords. movie. Keywords, mm. not actors, but just keywords. So, and there's five of them. So, feel, there's one that's special just for Brett. But uh, Hollywood. That's, I mean, film industry is one. So you're close. Close. Good enough. Writing. <laughs> Writer's block is one. So there you go. <laughs> Did it. Mm-hmm. They are very vague in general. Wallpaper. No. Oh. Well, that is a good one. That Ho- is a good one. Hotel, motel? Holiday Inn? Mm, no. <laughs> Damn. Uh, the others are magical or magical realism and then huh. surrealism and Kafka-esque, which that oh. one's for you, Okay. <laughs> that one makes sense, actually. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, those other two I don't know about, but that one, yes. Yeah. Is it surrealism just magical realism? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what are words? This is yeah, America. Right. We we don't have to put up with that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Let's contact IMDb Pro right now and get them changed. Um so yeah, that's that's all I got for you. You guys want to talk predictions and get into this yeah. this movie? Yes. Yes. I feel like should should people who haven't seen this go first? Yes. Okay. All right, Pat. Pat. Uh, I'm ready to watch this weird fucking movie. I'm sure it's gonna be weird <laughs> as shit. And even if it's slow, if it's quirky enough, I think I'll still like it. And also, I am a sucker for Golden Age Hollywood stuff. Mm, mm-hmm. 
I For really sure. am, even though it gets done up, uh, you know, with, with rose colored glasses. And I'm sure there was just so much problematic shit happening all the time, just every day, everywhere, nonstop. But for the for the what uh, in the film industry, <laughs> yeah, Never. for for but as far as with that grain of salt, I do. I am kind of a sucker for that, and uh, so I think I'll enjoy that that aesthetic part of it. Fred is just quietly. Listen, I just want to put on mine. a suit and a bowler hat and drive Who my Model T down to the Brown Derby for a couple of gin rickies before you know we hit the club and watch some live music and talk about what kind of scripts we're going to green light. Okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. listen, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. while we all chain smoke till our lungs are blackened. Uh-huh. You want to live that Miss Maisel lifestyle? Is all you're saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Sam, have you seen this? I have. Oh. I so okay. Wait, didn't, wait, didn't Ash? You haven't seen it, right? Did you do yours? I have not seen it. No, I uh, I can do mine real quick. I, I thought we were doing I the, just, the have, have nots first. Yeah, you should go if you sure. haven't seen it. I have not seen this movie. I did watch the trailer, and I. You know, learned because I did the research, learned a little bit about it, but I don't think enough to like really spoil anything. Um, there was a lot of garbly gook nonsense in in the <laughs> in the trivia that I was like, this means nothing to me because I haven't seen this movie. Um, the wallpaper was one of them, Wesley. Uh, but uh, I am excited because I love movies about making movies which I know is so self-indulgent, but I really do like them. And the trailer made this look like, like it's just the imagery and the shot choices are just going to be a delight all on their own. Like so interesting and unique. And like, I feel like I like the Coen brothers, but we also <laughs> we had, had this conversation extended, through text yeah. when we were trying to pick the movie. And I was like, I think I like the Coen brothers. And then Brett was like, did you like serious man? And I was like, I don't remember if I did. And then I was like, wait, do I like the Coen brothers or do I like the idea of the Coen brothers? I'm not really <laughs> sure, to be honest with you. The other movie that was floated for for this episode was Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And the thing that I didn't tell you guys is that I don't like that movie. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Shocker. But uh, um, I don't remember. The thing is, is I saw it when I was a kid and I just remember not enjoying it when I was a kid. Oh, I, but I don't know if I would like it better now. I don't know. Well, apparently, you is not so. our constituents because there's a much love for that movie. On the I, side I really like that movie. How yeah. can you not like Clooney? We just coming up on that mic like this. Come on. That's funny. That's a joke. That's a joke. It's funny. I, no, no. I totally get as depending on how young of a kid you are. Yeah, I totally get I, as yeah. like. I, I was not the demographic at the time that I saw that. There's film. not a lot in that movie uh, for kids. And while I know people love the soundtrack, I don't remember being like in love with it. Um, the thing about that anyway, soundtrack is me. the song because I was like is this a real song and it is a real song they didn't make it up for the movie mm. and, but it is the best version of that song that exists like the movie version of that song is better than mm-hmm. every other recording of it that's ever been like the Black Sheep song yes. in Scott Pilgrim yeah. Yeah. And it's like yeah. the best version of that song yeah um so I don't know what to expect. I'm excited. I think I'm going to like it. I want to like it, but I'm also hesitant because I do think back on every Coen Brother movie I've seen and I'm like, oh yeah, I don't know if I am the biggest Coen Brother fan. We'll find out. 
That's my hot take. Also, I I mean, the absurd cloud, like surrealism and magical realism sounds really exciting. I'm into that, <laughs> if that's true. Funny. All right, Sam. Uh, so I had to watch this as like a summer project for my senior year of college. And I'm getting my like memory of it crossed because I chose to watch out of the long list of movies uh, this movie and being John Malkovich. Oh, mm. boy. Which I despised. Is that Kaufman being John Malkovich? Uh, yeah. Yes, it is. is it? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I feel like this movie, Being like John it. Malkovich and Eraserhead, all feel like they're yeah, in the same the category. Guy, the Barton Fink guy does look like Eraserhead. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I can't remember. I remember thinking, like, this movie is weird. I remember thinking it was slow, but I don't remember if I liked it or not. So... I'm a bit of a toss-up. I have a feeling mm. that I, I don't know. I have a feeling that I'll be kind of like lukewarm about it. I'll be like, huh, okay. It's not terrible. I don't love it. That's my prediction. Mm. I, uh, I mean, I think I'm going to like it. And I, I mentioned that in our, in our text chain about it is I think I'm going to like this movie. I think everyone else is going to think it's a little, a little bit much. Um, but <laughs> I have two thoughts about it. Uh, there was a time when I, th- I believe we were talking about, I, f- I don't like that I'm talking about Kaufman so much, it, but uh, we I mentioned about him that trying to give him the credit for the films that I didn't like, that I think he's trying to write like one perfect movie and keeps trying to write very like the same story over and over again until he gets like that perfect vibe. Uh, mm. And uh this is a thought I was thinking I was going to save for after, but my I want to I want to throw the prediction out there is I think this is going to give that vibe for the Coen Brothers. I think this movie is very much exactly the same movie as like ninety percent of the other Coen Brothers movies, uh, but early mm. in their career when they had not yet perfected what that was supposed to be for them. Um. So if you watch this with that thought. Uh, I think there's there's going to be a lot to uh, at least notice and talk about when we get back. Um, but I forgot what my second point was. God damn it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that's I think that's I think that's, it was fuck Charlie Kaufman. Oh, I don't I like think, Charlie right? Kaufman. Again, I get uh, he's everyone likes Charlie Kaufman. I don't like Charlie Kaufman. It's fine. Whatever. Um <laughs> I think I'm gonna like this though, and I'm. I hope you guys enjoy. I it. have no idea why everyone thinks I hate everything. I just have no idea. Listen, I like things, and I don't like things, and importantly, <laughs> I know the reasons why for both. Um, mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that's that. Yeah, that's important. He loves Adam Sandler, and <laughs> he's not gonna let anybody tell him any differently. I, that's what I heard. I will jump in with a with a post thought if I remember my second point. But that's it. That was my my first thought is I'm going to like it. And I think if you think about the uh, I almost called it the Cohen discography, the Cohen filmography. Uh, I think there's a lot to, to talk about. Mm. Oh, that was my second point. I remember. It. Yes. Cool. Um, Yay. Shorter uh, for people who listen to the show a lot. I think this is going to be a, a Stephen King movie. Uh, which is a an experience that will be more fun to think about later than it was to experience in real time. Mm. 
Mm. Yes. Like, I think, I think the second really half of this episode yeah. is going to be more fun than the movie. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah. Um, I honestly, I am not sure. I think, I think, I think I'm still going to like, like it. Um, I think I'm going to be more frustrated by it than I mm. remember. Um, maybe some of that is just the weight of like having to have picked it out and now subject everyone to it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, like I said, is, don't pick your favorite movie. <laughs> it is not a, no, it is not a page turner and I definitely did not. Um, but I do, re- I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm mostly curious about how the end is going to hit for me because I remember mm. the first time I saw the like last 30 minutes, to me just feeling like that was fucking buck wild. These guys are fucking crazy. Um, and really like that made an impression on me. And I, I it is kind of surreal. Like it is kind of surreal. I, I guess it does kind of like hit in that sense. I, I'm wondering if I'm still going to feel that way on this. And if it doesn't, I mean, more often than not in like movies I like, I often feel like, like if there are a few really interesting things that happen, like the whole thing doesn't have to be, something I love, but like if there are a few scenes that really like make me go like sort of experiential, like Brett, like you were just talking about where you're just like, Whoa, I, I kind of like experienced something for those scenes. The whole thing doesn't necessarily have to add up because you feel like you added something to your, uh, kind of repertoire or, what, or your, your interest in, and, and, uh, so on. But I don't know if at the end doesn't hit me the same way. And I hope I'm not building it up for people that haven't seen it, but like, if it doesn't hit me the same way, I'm kind of going to be like, Oh, uh, so I guess we'll see. I really yeah, I haven't seen it since wow. high school. So I honestly don't know. Like, it's a very different person <laughs> that's like watching For me, it now. <laughs> yeah, the ending's everything. Because like, I can watch a movie and it can be like perfect. And if they don't stick that landing at the end, I'm just like, eh, it was all right. You know, it's so important. The ending of the movie. The end is fucking insane. I think I think the the first uh yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see how it goes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think this is gonna be like the they wrote the ending and then we're like, how do we make that work? And then wrote the rest of the And movie. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Mm, yeah, that's so. interesting. All right. All well, right. let's pause the recording. Uh, we're going to go watch Barton Fink. Uh, and listeners, if you want to pause and watch long, you'll probably have a lot more clue what we're talking about when we get back, because this is going to be fucking nuts. What's in What's the, the box? Oh, I thought we See, were she wasn't even here. Where were you here for that? <laughs> I could hear you talking. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I'm always here. I thought we were gonna cla- do a clappy. All right, one, two, oh. three. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Second sticks. Second uh-huh. sticks. Yeah. yeah. Here we go, Brett. Welcome to hell. <laughs> what is in the box? I think. Um, I think we have to talk about the elephant in the room that Wes Anderson and David Fincher stole a lot from this movie. (laughs) 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 So much. So much. You know, there is kind of like a grungy Wes Anderson Mm -hmm. aesthetic to this movie. That Hotel Cleaned Up is a Wes Anderson movie. Okay. Yeah. This is funny that we all had that similar thought because I was like, this would be a Wes Anderson shot if the camera wasn't always just slightly off center. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. 
Is that a dig at Roger Dinkins? Man, you just you just burning Dinkins over here. <laughs> no, it's you wow. know it, 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 every Burning Dinkins does sound like a Coen Brothers movie though. Mm. That does sound like a title. I thought you were gonna say it sounds like a new Burning Man, and I was like, yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that was that was all I noticed uh, about that. The hotel Barton Twink's hotel room and the hallway shot. They were always like from a little bit to the side. Mm. Well, they were shooting on actual film, so it was a little harder. <laughs> Plus, it's a cheap, you know, like a cheap hotel. It's probably harder to like find the center, yeah. you know, like they're not set up as. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. definitely not a set. They lit a real hotel on fire. And <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> just burn that that thing down. This is the '90s, man. Filmmakers were doing crazy stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that Steve Buscemi intro. Tell me that's not a Wes Anderson movie. Oh my god, it totally so is. Good. Keeps introducing so good. himself. Yeah, I'm chat. Well, how he like he like and climbs he up note. from a trap door and everything, yeah. and oh god, so good. I loved that scene. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Yeah, that whole I just setup at the beginning with him checking in was just like, wow, this is like the like brutally like the most sucky experience you could possibly have in a hotel <laughs> uh okay so but he chose it <laughs> can i just say uh-huh i'd love to be <laughs> in a room alone in a flea bag motel for a week to do nothing but write <laughs> oh, <laughs> the montage of him writing and like laughing at his own self uh, as he's writing i was like this is pat when he's writing you, for huh? sure yeah <laughs> So what your takeaway from that was you saw that and you were like, yeah, sign me up. Yeah. Even if my neighbor is a serial killer, that's okay. No, I'm coming off of three very stressful months of like family stuff and kids with months. Cor- quarantines like after quarantine. three stressful years, Pat. I know. Well, yeah, it's all. Yeah. And it, especially the three years, the last two years have been wild, last three months. So I'm like, yeah i'd take uh, you you know what lock me in a room that'd be fine for a little bit here do you do you want no. it to complete it with the uh the handcuff to the bed so you can't go anywhere <laughs> yeah yeah just, there Malisha you go just end right there you will so, write yeah. and just crank the heat i think that's beak room like it's oh. beak room screenplay yeah i mean fast forwarding i kept waiting for the ending sequence to be like a dream or something or yeah. like a hallucination that was that I mean, there's there's surrealism right there. That was so wild. Well, I have a theory about the end. Okay, oh, do you want to do? You want to? Should we go back? To, I don't like, know. Should we I start don't know. At the Is beginning? it too soon? No, I want to hear it. Can I come out the gate and say that I loved this movie? Uh, <laughs> uh, <all right>. Interesting. <laughs> Unexpected. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really awesome. Uh, okay, so my theory is is that he's dead, and this is hell, and that he's that's in a good theory, literal hell. Yeah, and that's why it's on fire and everything is because he's like he's literally in hell. Hmm. When did he die, and how did he die? I think at what point in the movie does he die? It's irrelevant. I think he died. When she died, I think he was also. Oh, Charlie John Goodman killed both of them. Mm -hmm. Mad Mm Men got them both. Yeah, I think so. That would be my theory. I, my, okay. If this movie is a setup that he is in hell, I think he died in New York and then he Mm. left New York to go to 
Hell. And then the L.A. L.A. <laughs> he, choked, he choked on a, a shrimp at that fancy restaurant after yeah. his play opening. Some, yeah. He died face down in the cocktail yeah. sauce at that restaurant. And then, um, was her name Audrey? Yes. Yes. And then Audrey, like little shorter horrors. Yeah, she was murdered because she was his only like tangible link to success, and Mm, like interesting. And instead of like listening to her, he just like used her, and then Mm. lost her. So I like that theory, Ash. I like it. It's good. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's so many, like, like metaphors and stuff going on in this movie. And maybe that's why I really enjoyed it. But, like, like, like Barton says, like, I'm, I'm just trying to make this art about, like, the everyday man. And then the everyday man, John Goodman, comes in to talk to him. And he doesn't, he just, like, just, like, you know doesn't listen to him doesn't actually listen to his stories and just sort of like i'm a movie writer all in his face you know kind of thing and so it just felt i don't know like just this idea of him like checking into this hotel where it like literally feels like it's like a purgatory for him Mm -hmm. where he's like not sure if he's writing something or not and then you know it it turning into hell there i don't know there's just like so many interesting this idea of like the shoes in the hallway waiting to be shined like he's waiting to be a star as well and like i i think there's like a lot of really interesting like visuals and metaphors in this film i really sure. like the idea like <laughs> if if your thing is uh, uh uh how it's supposed to be that uh he's just so thick that he doesn't realize he's in hell and like john goodman has yeah. to come in and literally set things on fire and like spell <laughs> it out for him <laughs> yeah you totally. don't listen uh-huh well because it's not just, i mean ash it's, it goes further than he's just, oh, here's another every man. He's literally keeps trying to go into, like, I've got stories to tell you. Yes. And then exactly. he's like, not only that, it goes even further. It's a it's a wrestling movie. This guy knows wrestling. And he's like, I'll show you. And he's like, oh, I can't. I, I have work to do. But, but this is literally the thing. I'm literally going to give you, what, you know, I'm going to hand it <laughs> mm-hmm. to you on a platter. Um, can I kind of say he's that. He's so far uh, up his own ass that he doesn't, he's, he's yeah, not he's actually. So Barton Fink is my least favorite character in Barton Fink. Yes. <laughs> no, he's the he's the worst. More m- more than the studio, more than Mr. Oh, yeah. Lipnick. The he's absolutely the worst. I'd hang out with Mr. Lipnick. He's a, he's a, he's a monster, but I'd hang out like I don't know, he's just he's very He's at he's least honest. Yeah. yeah. I love that he like made himself a mil- military outfit before he's even in the military. And did you see that the, like the bars are like dangling off his chest at one point? Like his costume just started like falling apart while he <laughs> no, was like yelling at him, and like it's like oh, all dragging. So the- good. I feel like the enjoyment of this movie goes up greatly when you realize that you're not supposed to like Barton Fink. Like he is not mm. a hero. He is not a likable character. And. It greatly. It's kind of like Fight Club, right? Where you're like, you're not supposed to like the main character. He's not a good person. Yeah. Which which main character? Yeah. Like, they're the same. It's fine. <laughs> Spoilers. Is it weird, though, that everybody that Barton Fink interacts with was anti-Semitic except 
John Goodman? Um, he was anti-Semitic when he said "Hail Hitler." No, he was See, making fun of the guy he was around. killing because oh they God. were they were the they were being racist to Barton Fink in so, the last time they interacted. I have a I have a take on on that. I couldn't remember in my in my head in my high school memory. I actually thought he took his hat off and that he had a swastika on his head. Um, that's not well. There was a weird patch happened. on his hat. But when like he says, "But when missing? he says Hal Hitler," I was like, "Oh, that was that was the thing <laughs> that he did. That was that. Uh. It wasn't that." But so, so my take on all this, and I think mm-hmm. I think you're probably right. It was probably like sarcastic or like it was even um just like some some crazy shit that he said to be crazy because <laughs> he was a crazy guy or whatever. But I I think it plays into. My general theory, which I, I think is a pretty common take on the whole thing, which is that the whole thing is a metaphor for the rise of fascism and uh, even mm. like the the like sort of socio-political moment we're dealing with today about like neoliberal kind of like elites and uh, people who are think they're smarter and they, cause I think actually there's a scene when he asks him like what he writes, the first thing he says is you're a newspaper man. Right. And he's like, Oh no, actually I write for the pictures. And it, it, I think there's this whole bit about um, that could even be extrapolated today with like the um, sort of seductiveness of fascism in, in the mm-hmm. everyman's uh, sort of plight and the sort of downward looking, you know, again, like kind of liberal artist types who like tell them what it is that they think and how to perceive what it is that they think. And the sort of, uh, you know, the, the, the not hearing each other kind of, or like, I, I feel like I heard it referred to as like the Cletus Safari. And um, if like during the Trump years and like all these New York Times articles where they're like, we're going to a diner and like, you know, like the the middle of nowhere from oh, their perspective, yeah. like write about like what these people are thinking and all those editorials that were just like, this guy's a literal Nazi. Let's see why. Like, <laughs> yeah, and the, and they called it the Cletus Safari, and I think I think they're kind of doing, or I thought they were doing kind of a send up of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I I don't know, like I I think yeah, the, I think that that is a, a sort of thing, particularly like when looking back at the rise of fascism and other places, that seems to be like a constant um, that, it, I, yeah, I mean, you could see a certain amount of history repeating itself here. So I, I thought that there was some sort of like tie in with that, but I, I you know, I don't want to mm. put like my interpretation of, of their uh, bit on that. It it absolutely could just be like, he was, he was, he was like throwing it back in their face. Cause I think the detectives have German and Italian names too. Oh, I didn't even um, catch I can't remember names. now what it was, but um, oh, interesting. so it could have been like a sarcastic kind of like, you know, you anti-Semite kind of thing um, mm-hmm. too. That is but, uh, interesting. You know. yeah. yeah. Who knows? Because <laughs> I feel like, I don't know if I draw, drew the line all the way uh, as, as far as you did there, but like, uh, I've definitely got those vibes from like how they were writing Barton Fink's character. And yeah, you're totally right that the, the, I mean, they call, I mean, it's, it's, it's weird to talk about it so analytically when they also spelled out literally those things in the movie where he's like, you're, you know, Mm -hmm. you're a tourist here. Uh, right. You know, but yeah, I I feel like that's definitely close to the truth there. 
Yeah, the ending didn't hit me quite as crazy as the first time I saw it, but it definitely is pretty crazy. Um, John Goodman I, running I, down I, that hallway is one of the most intimidating things ever put. Yeah, oh my god, that's like the thing that I always so remember cool. is he's screaming out, "I'll show you the life of the mind" over and over, <laughs> and just like <laughs> that scene, and then the movie in general, I think, is what like gives like young, mm. about to be like filmmaker kind of like people, I think, good vibes because I think they did some just stuff that I don't think you're like used to seeing, um, Mm -hmm. you know, in, in a, in a, the movie context, like where it's just like, we're going to go to this like really like artsy place. We don't really give a shit if you kind of get it. Um, which can be like incredibly (laughs) obnoxious at times too, but like, (laughs) uh, or like overly dense. But I I think, you know, it's just like, I, I I remember when he was like Hal Hitler and shoots that guy in the head and then goes in and talks to him like for that last scene. I mean, John Goodman is great in the whole movie, but, uh, when he goes in and talks to him, I remember like walking out of there, just like, what the fuck, man, this is like, (laughs) man, they're really doing some crazy shit here. Okay. What was all that? Like, I, I really, I really, uh, got a lot out of that, but it is slow. That first half and like first three friends, I feel like is really slow still. It was slower even than maybe it's just because it's like later here, but it is. I liked the first half a lot more than I liked the second half. Oh, interesting. Hmm. I definitely, I, I didn't feel like it was too slow. Like I was never like bored or felt like it was moving slow, but I was definitely like at about an hour hour and a half into the film i was like not much Mm. has happened but but i enjoyed it because it's like like i liken it kind of to like blade runner in the sense that it's like this moody film you know like it it's like setting this mood and this tension through the whole beginning of the movie that then you know the last 30 minutes or whatever it pays off but like those just those shots like down the hallway that are just slow and pushing in like they just really set like this mood you know what'd you guys think of the young uh martin crane you know fraser's dad and all his his uh glory oh, oh he was the other writer yeah yeah he looked, i he didn't even good. recognize him yeah <laughs> yeah to be honest that or was, Tony Shalhoub looks. Com- oh my I god! Was just like, I, Tony yeah. Shalhoub. Oh my god! So, which Such I loved everything. I loved all his choices too. As I, I, I lo- this is part of why I really like the first half of it too, because I love this. He's just very meek, timid, and he comes out, and everybody is so bombastic. And the char- these are larger than life characters, and it was just a very like a big send up of. Mm. We talked about it beforehand of the industry of the film industry of. But uh, I particularly liked sh- what Shalhoub was doing with his all over the place. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like intonations and emphasis he was putting on words. I don't know. It just it, total chaos as far as what word he was randomly going to shout, scream in the yeah. sentence he was delivering. <laughs> I like I I totally get what you mean by like meek. But at the same time, like the interesting thing about Barton Fink is like he's also not really like... <laughs> humble he, i guess like he oh no he yeah is. not from the very beginning no. he's got the biggest yeah. ego yeah. of the everyone <laughs> totally and like but also i don't know i guess like as like a filmmaker myself like i kind of it kind of resonated with me where like 
he's dissatisfied with his success because it's like never enough. And like that, I don't know, to me, like the beginning of the movie and everything, like that really resonated with me where it's like, it doesn't matter that he's getting success because it's not necessarily what he wanted or how he pictured it. He's not satisfied with it. And like, I feel like certainly. Yeah, I don't know. Like that was like an interesting theme throughout I've, I've the, harped the movie on too. The concept of like how annoyed I am with people's preoccupi- preoccupation with authenticity before, mm. and th- this character was like the embodiment of that. Where it doesn't matter <laughs> how much skill or or anything, it doesn't matter what you do. Uh, if, if you're living the best life of anyone on the planet, if it's not, you know, oh, but it's it's not the life that. That is the true me. It's not what I wanted. It's not real. Mm. And it's like, fuck off. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And like the Hollywood types, you know, I feel like it's the same thing, too, where they're just like saying one thing, but meaning another whatever. And I get the sense that like to Pat's point too, like everybody is a caricature. And I think that's also something that you end up kind of, I I think also makes it like a little difficult to kind of like engage with it in like a a real way. And I think is one of those things that makes it feel kind of like cerebral or like artsy throughout the whole thing where you're like, I'm not able to really like engage with this because everybody is kind of a caricature. So if everybody is kind of a symbol of like something, then there's not really actually a character that you have like a really easy time identifying with like even with characters you don't like right like you you still can like identify with that but i think everybody has played kind of so i mean from barton fink who is like a caricature of a certain type of like artist and it's about pain and uh you know this kind of thing and um to to the movie producers to um the women in the film who have very small small (laughs) roles yeah yeah really and then the walk on at the end the woman in the painting but yeah like there's like no role for them uh whatsoever yeah i do um going back to the irony part i love how barton brags about being in like in with the working people he gets them Mm -hmm. he claims that he you know he's one Mm -hmm. of them and then he gets this opportunity to write a story that is essentially for the working people, for them. And he gets to talk to, like, his neighbor next door. And what he writes is this, like, pretentious cerebral crap that just, like, <laughs> comes full circle about how he has no freaking clue what he's talking about. It's and so hilarious. That's an excellent point, Sam, too. And there's a, a subtle thing that I kind of picked up on. And I could have been, I thought I remember, because there's a word, you know, on like the two sentences he had written the whole time that they kept showing shots of. Um, his play had something to do with fishmongers, too. The title uh-huh. of it. Yeah. And then that's in the words, like, that's his one, that's his, like his one thing. It's his his one, go-to. Like, <laughs> yeah, for, for the common people are the fishmongers. And that's it. And that's all he's got. He's got nothing else. He can't. <laughs> yeah, because he writes the first sentence and it's a period, and then he goes back and he puts the comma on it, and then he's like, "And the fish monster." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's good. Uh. And yeah, there, there are a lot of like, like definitely like, still good, like funny. Uh, I feel mm-hmm. like send ups of like some of these, uh, the trips, which is still good. I, I, I think I wonder too, because obviously like the film that he writes at the end is like the film that they made. Right. Where it's like, well, this won't wash. This is like a, 
like some thing about some guy's pay, like, or I think he calls it like fruity or, you know, you know, some mm-hmm. kind of like thing about art, like this isn't going to play for people. Mm-hmm. And then that is of course what the film is, which is just this sort of like weird <laughs> thing about this guy who's going through this stuff until the end when it turns into a full on like action horror like, finale. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just a lot of metal airs that can get a little pedantic and like obnoxious from yeah. time to time too, but, but it's kind of fun. Yeah. Very shining esque there at the end for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Are you guys ready to play Lion DB? Okay. Yes. Dude, yeah. the lies have got to be wild for this movie or the truths have got to be wild. <laughs> yes. I'm ready. It is all wild. Uh, I, in fact, I had to stop myself because I almost said one of them as a fact because it was working like it would have gone so well in the conversation. And then I was like, oh, wait, I have to save it. Uh, All right, Wesley, I am going to tell all of you two lies and one truth from IMDb. And uh, you guys have to guess which one is the lie. Two lies, one truth. Sorry. Two truths, one lie. (laughs) Got it. <laughs> I mixed it up. On you. <laughs> all right. All right. So number one, in between takes, John Turturro wrote the rough outline for his new feature film or for his feature film, Romance and Cigarettes, which he also directed and the Coen brothers produced. That's number one. Number two, the title of Barton Fink's play Bear Ruin Choirs is from a William Shakespeare sonnet. Number three. (laughs) Number three. Christopher Lloyd auditioned and was offered the role of Barton Fink, but turned it down to play Uncle Fester in the, The Addams Family. Oh, and you mentioned that that cinematographer was on The Addams Family, so couldn't do this. Oh. Mm -hmm. Mm. Mm -hmm. Which did she plant that fact? That's what I'm. That's what I'm wondering. Have we been incepted? Like, uh, that's... you're in the hotel, the Hell Hotel, the whole time. Oh, this is interesting. Mostly because I feel like I don't know enough about any of this to make a definitive statement about which one I think will be the true one. They are all equally plausible. This is an impressive lie, MDB. Yeah. There is no... Why, thank you. This is very good. I texted Pat earlier and I was like, I'm so excited about my lie, MDB. I don't know why. I'm just... I'm going to go with the sonnet. The sonnet, okay. So number two for Sam. Correct. Ooh. I'm going to go with Christopher Lloyd. That seems, that seems like a, a plant. Number three for Wesley. Yeah. Yeah. See, that one feels weird to me just because I don't, I can't imagine him in the role. (laughs) I feel like that would be (laughs) bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. But, and I was just trying to think if they like worked with him on anything else. And I was like, I I feel that would just be weird. I don't know. I feel like (laughs) the the Shakespeare one's too innocuous. Like, I'm going to go with the first one. I I think it was your first one. Number one. Yeah. The, okay. Writing his feature film. Yeah, okay. Pat, you. I'm gonna join. I'm gonna join Sam because I thought the title of his play had the word fishmonger in it, but okay. That, I'm gonna go with two. Wesley, here's a counterpoint for you choosing number three. Okay, 
before are you it's trying too to convince late. him to talk, change? Talk, talk to me change. out of it. You want you want me to switch no, to your vote? He's I probably kind right. Of, <laughs> I, maybe you're right. Don't listen to me. I have a very bad habit of making people change their answers, especially during trivia. But Christopher Lloyd feels like a weird actor choice. And I feel like maybe if that one was false... Ash might have picked a more plausible actor. Although they did go with like but weird maybe. hair, yeah, and then maybe. Back okay. to the Future was just a couple years. <laughs> I, you know, I could see it. I just all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with stick it. it. All right. Okay. Well, Wesley, your senses are correct. Oh! <laughs> oh! <laughs> I'm Good a little surprised by change. that. Congratulations! I, uh, I just couldn't see those guys working with. Well, where do these lies come from? Are you making these up? Yeah, well, I made up the lie. The first two were true. Uh, that's yeah. a really good lie. Yeah, I, thank was, you. Yeah, yeah I, was, the f- other was a good fact poll. Christopher about Lloyd. good poll. Yeah, the other fact about the Adams family was true, and then I happened to have the Adams family IMDb page open, mm-hmm. and I was like, "What mm-hmm. did Christopher Lloyd look like in 1991?" And you know you, what? He would have worked in this film <laughs> for sure. No, yeah. I, I don't think you lied so much as you just sort of retroactively were in the casting department. Uh, <laughs> yeah. For, yeah. For the yeah, of course. Oh, man. That was, uh, that was that good. Was that was a good yeah. one, Ash. Thank Excellent. you. I was proud of it. Pretty proud of it. Yeah, that's uh, how you and know I you have... had the right answer is if I tried to talk you out of it. That's, that's a good <laughs> yeah. sign right yeah, that's there. That's the surest sign. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I don't have a ton of after facts, but one kind of cool one is that the fictional movie studios Capital Pictures shows up again in Hail Caesar, nah. another film by the Coen brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, and later in the film which takes place in the 1950s, uh, it features a meeting scene in the Wallace Berry conference room at the studio, named mm-hmm. after the star from whom Barton Fink is writing his movie for, which oh, is kind of cool. Oh, cool. Yeah. The, uh, is, has anybody seen Hell Caesar? I never saw that. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. It was fine. It was all right. It's okay. yeah. yeah. It was fun, and I can't say much more to its credit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, sometimes that's all you need. That's you about know? it. Yeah. I like. I enjoy you something. It. You got to write something for the Everman. You know, let's, <laughs> let's have some fun. Channing Tatum doing a dance number is like. Yeah, that sequence, the Channing Tatum musical dance number, is an excellent, highly enjoyable sequence to watch. Um, oh yeah. Uh, Ash, you had said something, and is this confirmed? Is it rumor? Is it just widely believed? The whole, like, they wrote this movie while trying to work through their own writer's block with, like, Miller's Crossing? Oh, no, Crossing. yeah, they were. They were. Okay. Uh, they That's have very block. apparent. Were they right? Yeah, like, no kidding. That's or? so apparent. Is because, I don't like, think it was Fargo. I can't remember which movie I think it was it Miller's Crossing. Was it Miller? Was the one that came out before it? Something it's like, that started that's a very, with an Have you all seen yeah. that one? That's a very, like, long, sweeping, noir, mm-hmm. like, gangster film. Um... Now yeah. I'm looking up what they made after because I assume they they got it and then they made whatever was next. But I mean, that's it. it Miller's Crossing. You're correct. Oh, Pat. cool. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's it's one of those things where I can very much see the progression of because the way I watched this movie too was despite the craziness of with John Goodman. Hmm. Uh, Barton gets worse and worse as the movie goes, as far as more insufferable, more up, you know, further, just further, further, up, up, up his own ass. How how deep can he go? Get up in there. 
But I, I wonder <laughs> if for them it was one of those things where it's like at first, right, when you're first hitting roadblocks, you're not you're mm-hmm. not gonna look inward, right? You're not gonna blame yourself. It's not your it's not your fault. It's this shitty hotel. It's the the yokel next door who doesn't understand my genius. It's the callous studio suits who also don't appreciate real art. And then the further you go along, but it's like, no, all of these people are actually can help you. The, the yokel next door has stuff that's very relevant to what you're trying to do. The studio, as much as they're like callous and don't care about money, they are giving you a very healthy income and they're even willing to put you up in a nicer hotel, but your artisticness needed you know, uh, something mm-hmm. more divey. So all these things that you're... And then he in, complains about it. <laughs> yeah, that you're putting up as like roadblocks are actually not, that they, they, they can help you. And then the more it goes along, it's I, 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 could, I could totally see that sort of thing where it's like them going through something similar where it's, and that's human nature, right? Like when we have an issue or a problem, it's not us. It's not us. It's this thing, it's this thing, it's this thing. And then a lot of the times, hopefully, you know, most of us, I, I feel like a lot of the times with issues or problems, it, eventually it comes back to, Fuck! It's me. It's me. I'm the problem. I need to. I mean, do something. Absolutely. I'm, I'm getting Pat. in my own way. The, uh, Barton Fink <laughs> is definitely the Coens, right? Like, a hundred percent. They're just like, we what? suck. Like, why can't we write <laughs> this fucking thing? We're <laughs> yes, yes, we're missing yes. all of the clues. God damn it, we're frauds. <laughs> well, that seems, and that like seems to be like the Coens thing too, right? Like, I feel like that this like the source of like a lot of their comedy and and their comedies is just like these people who like just can't fucking see, can't mm. find their ass with two hands and a flashlight, you know, kind of situation. <laughs> yeah. They're just like it's staring you right then, in the fucking face, and like you just can't. Um, and I love because honestly, I'm not the biggest fan of the ending at face value, mm. but as a metaphor. For writer's block or their process, I like the idea of like, fuck it, let's slap on some crazy batshit sequence where everything's on fire. And he's, yeah, by the way, he's a serial killer and he's killing everybody and he walks through the fire and Barton gets away and then he ends on the, it's fucking, let's go nuts, big spectacle. Uh, Cause like, yeah, sure. And he kills all the loose ends. Like, why did he hunt down? I get Audrey's in the room with him. Why did he go kill the other old writer, the Mayhew guy? That makes that it, one like, I don't understand. <laughs> so that's either. what I'm saying. On on face value, it honestly the ending, the last like 40 minutes at face value, service level <laughs> don't work for me personally. And this maybe well, I'm kind of bleeding into, into it's final the thoughts. You know okay. But okay. as a metaphor, it it works. Where it's like, fuck it crazy like let's just go mm-hmm. fucking craziness and yeah. it'll be epic ending and that's the call it a day it totally ties in with like giving the audience what they want you know like mm-hmm. the beginning mm-hmm. is all artsy it's like no that's not what the audience wants they want spectacle they want fire and murder and mm. intrigue mm-hmm. yeah i was gonna Absolutely. say unfortunately i feel like this strays um to um Brett's favorite um, filmmaker, Charlie Kaufman. I was thinking about an adaptation and <laughs> uh, oh, how that yes. starts uh-huh. as this just like really slow kind of drawn out, like while he's trying to write a thing about flowers and they're like, well, you should make it more interesting. And he's like, I, I wanted to write this thing about flowers. The flowers in themselves are interesting enough. And then that's like how slow and fucking pedantic the movie is for most of the movie. And then at the last 45 minutes or whatever, they ramp it up with the, uh, with the murder mystery and the mm-hmm. the drug, or I can't remember if it's drugs, but yeah, whatever it is, it turns into this like uh, very standard pot boiler like thriller kind of bit. I so yeah. adaptation I, I think, I think, is the average man's Barton Fink. 
<laughs> Maybe uh, that that might be like one metal layer like beneath what I'm able to <laughs> to process. I've never seen adaptation, <laughs> so I don't know. But just oh man, I don't think you'd like it. If yeah, you didn't if you didn't like Probably being not. John Malkovich, you won't like adaptation. You don't watch Nicolas Cage play his own twin brother. <laughs> Who's also learning to screenwrite. So actually, yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, I think there are a lot of connections between mm. the two. Yeah, I feel like adaptation makes this movie look normal. <laughs> oh, know. yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, just, but that uh, might just be Kaufman. I don't know. Yeah, boo. I'm not, a, I'm sorry. <laughs> I am an angry feminist when it comes to Kaufman, and he does not treat women nicely in oh, his no. scripts so mm. i agree with you i know i think he was booing kaufman i think he wasn't booing you sam i think he was booing kaufman i wouldn't i wouldn't dare uh, <laughs> another reason why i think i think he's like died and this is hell or whatever is i don't know if you guys noticed but like the ear goo is the same as the wallpaper yes. like glue kind of thing so and like gross. i thought that was like Kind of supposed to be totally, you know, and like the um, wallpaper coming off is just kind of like this hilarious, like visual metaphor for like lipstick on a pig, you know, like mm. which is Barton Fink, right? Like he doesn't have a story, he doesn't have substance under his writing, but he puts all this like artistic flourish over it, and it Ooh, doesn't I matter like if it sticks yeah. or not, you know, like. I saw it as him like slowly unraveling. Oh, but that I, too. I like that take too. Uh, uh, Can I, I? I am. Go ahead. I was just gonna say that the the uh, I always just thought it was a head. I thought everything in the movie is a head. Like the room that he's in is just like the inside of a fucking brain, and like the pus coming out of the ears, and like they're just like oh. these, these like the life of the mind, I did, yeah. and, and the box Gnarly. has a head in it, and the yeah. head, and yeah. it's all. Just, and he keeps. I think John Goodman's character, like early in the movie, keeps saying things like, "You got a good head on your shirt." He's like, you know, where oh, there's a yeah. head, there's a life, and he's like, where mm-hmm. there's life, there's a life, there, or something. Anyway, mm-hmm. I, I feel like everything is just a fucking. Head. Or was he just yeah. referencing heads because he cuts heads off people? You know, yeah. that was it's hard, his, to, well, that it's was hard his, to say. But yeah, that, yeah. you know, if that's his obsession, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> that that weirdly makes the movie make a lot more sense, right? Because he can hear the waves in his head. Oh, so when the right. pressure gets yeah. too much, when it gets too hot, he retreats farther into his head to mm-hmm. the beach, where mm-hmm. he's like calm. Interesting. Oh. Something Ooh. I didn't remember, but uh, from original originally watching this, but every time he opens or closes the door to the hotel room, there's like a sound design where it sounds like a vacuum, like like a oh. there's like a wind oh, whoosh, yeah. or like it's oh. like something being sealed and like unsealed. You hear like a, you know, like uh, oh, I don't interesting. Know. interesting, strange, yeah. huh. gross. I also huh. I liked the moment where he's like staring at the beach painting, and we're cutting back and forth of this like slow push in to a close up of his face and we hear the beach sounds and like I don't know if Brad and Sam you remember but I have that shot for shot moment in my film Hold Up <laughs> where the character Jim is staring at this painting of a tropical beach and it like oh, yeah. we cut back and forth and the sound that. effects started to come in and everything and I saw that moment I have not seen this movie before and I was like oh my god that's the exact same moment <laughs> she claims now today she's <laughs> yes, never seen it never seen why would you say that on 
Who are the Cohen? Ash. I don't. Quick, go to final thoughts and pretend that it didn't happen. Don't put it out okay. there. <laughs> All right. Final thoughts. Uh, Wesley, do you want to go first? Because you're our guest. Sure. Um, you know, on the whole, I think it, it mostly held up to what I remember. Um, there are probably some things that, like, I appreciate now that I didn't then. And there are probably some things now that, like, frustrated me a little bit that I probably thought were real cool when I was, like, <laughs> you know, uh kind of like just getting into this whole whole thing as a as a hobby or a, a lifestyle of making uh things so yeah there are probably some things that that did not wear with age but on the whole i'd say like yeah still seems like a pretty competent uh well put together i mean hey they they won all the awards at can what the fuck have i done <laughs> yeah. so, so, com- so competent yeah they, they seem like what they do know I what they're know? doing yeah good. yeah yeah um but yeah no well the french people were like it's all ahead (laughs) it's it's all ahead yeah there you go yeah (laughs) uh yeah no i'd give it like one thumb up one thumb up okay on the rewatch um first off so i know i am as much as i didn't really like barton fink as a character i'm very much putting that excuse of his in my back pocket next time i like have a deadline and a meeting and i haven't done shit on the oh, project oh man that was brilliant yeah i yeah. I, I don't i don't because <laughs> if like i vocalize it, it then it's in the world and then it's harder to change and so it's still up to, i can't so definitely gonna hold on to that one just put that right on the shelf back here and be like <laughs> that was an amazing that. reversal where you thought he <laughs> yeah. was gonna get just ripped a new asshole and then yes. the other guy yeah. did and you're like oh yeah um yeah i don't I still don't know how I feel about this movie overall. This is, I feel like I'm pretty usually, I feel like I'm 99% of the time like, oh, that was fun. Or like the sums I don't, because I usually like everything or the few things I don't like. Like I said, I, I like, I like Hollywood things. I like, so I like that aspect of it. I think, oh, I, I think the performances were all stellar. Like everyone mm. acted their faces off. And, yeah, it's it's definitely very indulgent, right? And that's it's like it. I wish it's it's like man, it must be nice. Everyone, don't, don't we all should get nine million dollars to like work through our personal issues or something right? like that? Like for sure, that's, that's uh, what what excellent first class therapy that must be. Um, it's one of those things where I'm glad I saw it because I, I didn't, I wasn't bored, even the slow burn parts. I was not bored watching it. I was in it. So at the end of the day, if I if I wasn't bored and I was you know at the end of the day, overall entertained, then I guess it's got to be a net positive. So I'm, I'm, I'm coming around, you know, I'm, I'm bringing it around. You really had to talk uh, yourself into that one though. Hey, 51% is still a net positive. So. Okay. <laughs> I think his opinion, if he vocalizes it, it becomes difficult to change 24, 48 hours later. So really? I wanted, yeah. He's probably just going to have to get back to you on that one. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Okay. okay yeah, Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Fred, Sam. So, I liked it. Uh, I th- I think I didn't like it this time as much as I did last time I watched it. So, I think I, I must have got something different out of it uh, 10 years ago. But, a couple of things. One, because I was thinking about what I said in the first part of the uh, the podcast about the Coen brothers remaking the same movie over and over. Uh, and I, I still feel like that's totally true here. Uh, Definitely, and- yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, you talk. You touch, touched on the uh, you know the the buffoon you know element. The main character is always just an idiot who doesn't know what's going on, um, and the 
specifically like the writing style as far as the story progression every coen brothers movie uh it's not it's not the circular thing where they start on the last scene and then come around to it and it's not like the roller coaster it's i i call it stacking the dynamite it doesn't even come to like a climax it's just like we're every scene in the in the movie is just another stick of dynamite on the pile and then all at once Mm. boom Mm -hmm. and like that's the moment and every coen brothers movie has a moment (laughs) that's that makes the whole thing um and they've just been like working on it for years. Uh, That's great. So I, I I like that about it. I will. I think I will always like that about that and, and uh, any Coen Brothers movie. Um, my yeah. interpretation of the hotel thing. Uh, I don't think anything that I don't think the hotel existed. I don't think anything that happened in the hotel happened. Uh, I think it's just this liminal mm-hmm. space where he went to write. Uh, the the actual people uh the 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 writer he idolized and the lady they didn't die but in the hotel he heard about you know his the guy he looked up to uh you know in real life they met and had lunch and he was an asshole and a drunk and there's no way he's writing books and in the hotel it's just like yeah no don't you know kill your heroes like he's dead to me and Mm -hmm. the uh, uh audrey represented the you know the million people who are just like well, I've got ideas for your movie. Like, it, you know, and as much as it's kind of a bad trope to kill off the only woman in your film, uh, like the metaphor of that is like, you know, yeah, sure, you could have someone else write your movie, but then it's not your movie. And or you know, killing whole- of the muse, too. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I, my interpretation of it with, with your guys' help on all your thoughts, because this came to me while we were recording this that beach scene at the end is uh that's when he comes up with it's like it was out of time that's when he came up with the whole movie uh and and that's what he was looking at and like that's where he was when he could actually think of what to write and this hotel you know it's just it's falling apart the john goodman doesn't exist he is the hotel you know that's why he really is in his head yeah just like wesley said Yeah, yeah yeah exactly uh wow so totally interesting uh that's the vibes i got it was it was just like a metaphor for writing but like then all of the real world world stuff actually happened and like then that was all piling the dynamite and the 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 cutbacks like the the climactic scene in the real world where he was uh what was the what was the boss hit movie studio boss's name whatever anyway that's Mm. that scene where he's like kissing his feet is also like the height of his plot line when uh audrey dies you know like there those scenes happen like audrey dies like right before like oh no yeah i needed her to finish and then like the real world is like i'm unprepared so i don't i feel like there was just one-to-one corollaries between everything that happened in his head and i Mm. i I like the metaphor it's so it it sold me i it's i it's enjoyable i feel like i connect with uh you know, at, who doesn't love when when people just parrot shit back to them that they already think? But like, <laughs> uh, you know, the 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 moral of the movie is get your head out of your ass. You know, like, mm-hmm. uh, and I like that. I like that vibes. It's a good movie. I I would recommend it to people, <laughs> uh, not to watch for fun. It's definitely like I said. 
the more it's going to be more fun to think about than it was to watch because it was yeah. it, honestly i felt it was a little slow but uh mm-hmm. i will definitely be thinking about it but yeah. you know that going but i wonder in. if you felt like it was slow because you you both had seen it before you know what i mean versus like pat and i hadn't so we didn't know what was coming or what to expect yeah know. well it's like slow motion train wreck slow like it's it it, it was uh, yeah. maybe slow is the wrong word it was excruciating but like in an entertaining <laughs> way yeah like okay. we're not going a lot of places but but you know yeah. i was thinking about that because i was like i you know i think this movie is slow and and in each scene like something does progress you know what i mean like like mm-hmm. it, each scene is doing its own thing which i think is actually a, a plotting stacking of dynamite is like a good good way to think about that for uh, yeah I, I completely agree with that Anyway, that's a that's a recommend for anybody who feels like uh, uh, I don't want to say torturing yourself, but if you want to sit through a long movie for like metaphors, that's this is the one. <laughs> it's a short movie for nowadays, though. Um, I'm just gonna keep mine brief and kind of piggyback on what Brett Brett's initial guess was, which was that it'll be like a Stephen King thing where it's more enjoyable to talk about and think about than to actually watch itself. Because I have had more fun spending these 45 minutes talking about it with you guys than I had watching the film. That doesn't mean it's a bad mm. film. It's just not really, like, my style of film that I get a lot of, like, enjoyment out of. I appreciate all of the filmmaking that went into it, all of the storytelling. Um, it's just not my cup of tea. But this conversation has been very enjoyable and very fun. And I really like all of our perspectives on it. And it adds to the movie um, all of these different interpretations and all of this, like, backstory of what it could mean or what this could be. So, worth it for that. Yeah. So, if you're going to watch this movie, watch it with a group of really smart, awesome friends. (laughs) (laughs) And a pat. And And of course you're part of that pat. Yeah, I, I mean, I liked it. It's not a movie that I'll probably, like, rewatch. you know what I mean? But I, like, really enjoyed watching it, um, and I, th- I, I really loved, like, a lot of the imagery. Like, there's the point where he, like, leans back in his chair, and we just have this, like, top-down shot where we just see him in this, like, pattern carpet, you know? Like, just some of the a- shot angles and choices – are really cool and I just don't feel like I don't feel like a lot of filmmakers really use the camera that way anymore. You know, like I, I don't feel like people are doing cool like transition shots or like the zoom into know. the drain or the keyboard yeah, thing. Yeah, like so cool. Like I love that stuff. Like I thought that was all really interesting and and cool and like the imagery of John Goodman stepping out of that elevator that's like on fire is just so badass you know like so interesting um so i really enjoyed it for all those reasons i i don't think i would um like i said i don't think i'd necessarily watch it again but i'm also gonna really enjoy thinking about it like i think like you said brett i'm gonna be thinking about this movie for the next like week or so and i already like can't wait to Google like ending explained. <laughs> like, see what other people say about the ending because I just really think I think the metaphor of him being like in hell. I think there's something there one. for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And and I also love the fact that 
the Coen brothers like invented Twitter during this because, oh. you know, you have someone in a crowd of people just shouting, I'm a creator. Like, that's basically Twitter, right? Oh, man. Yeah, I completely <laughs> forgot that scene that like yeah. just on the whole, that it was such a crazy thing. Such a weird oh, and talk about USA not dance. treating women oh, right. God. Like, yeah. Well, they're that, like, let someone else have a turn with the dame. Okay, he's just not dancing an object. Like a maniac the whole time. Oh yeah. my god, so weird. Well, that's more to the like, it's scene. it's a head thing, right? Like that's the uh, mm-hmm. the the Freudian like id, id ego super ego thing, and that was like you know his his fucking id, just like I am actually the best. Ah, you know, yes, like. Yeah, it's, there's a lot to talk about with this one. Totally, mm-hmm. and John. Well, Goodman. I'm glad. I'm glad this uh, got me to watch again because I'm with Ash. I don't think I would have watched it again. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think I would have watched it again if there were not some reason. So I'm glad that we did. Right on. Well, thanks for bringing it to us, Wesley. Right on. Um, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Would you like to let the listeners know uh, where they can find your work or uh, what anything else you want to let them know? The internet's not Twitter. Don't come for me on Twitter because I don't got it. You can't do it. But uh, you can check out um, WesleyWingo.com. It's got my short films. And then um, most of those short films are part of a project uh, with a couple of uh, folks I work with uh, on shorts. Uh, you can see those at six short fil- SixShortFilms.com, which was what we did. We did six short films together. And, uh, six Short Films is a very different website. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. Well, they, yeah, I did. not that, that there's not interest there as well. Uh, <laughs> hey, go there. You know what? I'm buying it. How many domains am I going to buy on this one podcast recording? <laughs> you guys? <Hold> on. Yeah. <laughs> Calm down, Justin McElroy. <laughs> well, thank you guys. This was a pleasure. And it was actually like super fun talking to you yeah. all and meeting you all. Um, thanks for making it like very easy. Uh, and yeah, like thanks for watching the film with me. I appreciate yeah, it. Right yeah, on. Nice yeah, to meet thanks you. Thanks for coming. Ash, enrage the audience. So you can also follow us. We are at Let's Rewatch on Twitter. And um and I know we haven't been active in a while, but we're back. We're active again. We're here. Uh and on Twitter we do fun things like we do a movie poll where you guys can guess uh guess the movie. You can pick the movie, or if the guest picks the movie. I tweet a screenshot and guys from the movie so that you can guess what movie we're watching. Guys, the first image I did was too hard. Oh. Nobody could guess really? it this time. Yeah, it was a wide of him walking into the hotel. So I did the the shot I mentioned earlier of him leaning back in the chair with the carpet as a second guess. And, of course, our ever, always dependable Mitch and Ralph both guessed it pretty oh, much yeah. at the same time. Congratulations, guys. Um, and then also a shout out to JB, who also got it. So nice. Good job. But always remember that you needed help. You needed a second image. So. <laughs> Don't forget that. I'm not going to let you forget it. <laughs> All right. And uh, yeah, please give us a five star review on Google Podcast. Just it's honestly just uh, Best Apple. Apple Podcast. All right. Know. Apple Podcast. Give us a five star review. And if you feel so generous, uh give us a little support on patreon.com. See if you play. Love may come in many forms, but I only recognize the monetary one. Excuse you, <laughs> Mister. He is salty. Wow. <laughs> Can you guess who got Make up sure early with the baby today? That. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs>
Child, child gives me that tax break, baby. Uh, uh, Texas. <laughs> Wait, you get a tax break for having a child? Oh, yeah. yeah dependent. Yeah. Fuck the IRS. Hey, we are part of the CertainPOV.com network of shows. Head on over to CertainPOV.com and check out other great shows like Comics Quest or Another Pass or Books That Burn. Uh, we got those and many others all hosted by delightful, kind, and insightful individuals. Check us out, certainpov.com. like Barton Fink. <laughs> no, no Barton Finks. No Finks. No, <laughs> no Finks, Finks allowed. No Finks allowed. Hey, hey, no Finks allowed. Is that it? Is that all the things? No, has for, to, what are we? I was just it? looking for the He has the, to the read the us a porno movie. I'm not well, reading you a porno. Right. No. While he's doing. No. <laughs> Keep this all no, in. No. I'm going to throw something in real quick just because like. I don't know. The last, like I said, the last few months have been wild and crazy. In the meantime, I think, I don't even know if I've said it on an episode of this podcast in the last two or three months. Did I say I it? I don't remember the, second, the last my second time book we recorded. came out? I don't know. <gasps> Yay! Yeah! That was in December. Space that was in December. Oh! Came out. I was, yeah. Sp- so, I, I don't know. I don't know if I did or didn't. So, I don't think you did. Do it. Do it. No. Uh, I, I think it was coming out. Okay. Yeah. It's It's out in the world. It's doing all right. It's doing pretty well. But yeah, Space Tripping 2 colon The Chaser is out in the world. Go get it, please. That'd be awesome. Uh, I love you. So, you know, you can go to Amazon. You can go to my website, thepatedwords.com for a link. Does Nicholas also do the audiobook? Uh, for this one no, too? not. We're still figuring all that out. Audiobook stuff oh. is still very much in flux with it. Yeah. Gotcha. I bet it's Nick Tukoski. Uh Anyway, <laughs> uh Join us next time when I was going to choose a movie that didn't sound like a porn, but fuck you guys. We're watching Madam O. Ooh. Well, now we know Sam's okay. CPOV. CertainPOV.com.